Welcome in. It's College Football Saturday. Like always, I'm joined by Anthony Treshbehead. Um, you know, a pretty good week last week on our Saturday Locks of the Weeks. So we did go 2-1. and one. I do think the Florida International loss was maybe my biggest heartbreak of the entire weekend at this point in time. That was one that didn't necessarily break right for us. But um, we got to get a little bit more back on track with some of these marquee matchups. We haven't necessarily had any betting plays from a green line perspective. But um, we're going to try and find some value because obviously these are the games that you want to be watching at this point in time. So, Trush, how did you kind of feel, you know, leaving last week, heading into this week three? I do think the games are a lot better in general heading into week three. How are you kind of feeling about this week? Yeah, I'm definitely more confident with this week. There's a lot of, you know, interesting lines, I think, really across the board. And I'm talking all the way up the top tier and then all the way with the, the dogs of the night. You know, we're going deep into... 12.30 a.m. kickoffs that I'm, I'm kind of liking here, which we'll talk about at the end. Yeah, definitely. I love I love the Hawaii-San Jose State sweats at the end. We always get usually one of those games uh, coming up at like the 11.30, 10.30 window to kind of round out that Saturday night. And there's like not a better time to be kind of sweating out some Sunday morning Adam Schefter news while watching Hawaii football. It is one of my favorite pastimes at this point. Uh, but we will see what happens. So let's talk. I kind of want to talk a little bit first about futures markets heading into this week three game because obviously we have Alabama, Florida headlining. Uh, you know, the winner's going to be in control of the SEC at this point in time. How do you kind of see, you know, where our season simulation has been? Do you see any value on either of these two teams or maybe on a different team uh, for the championship or maybe a Heisman Trophy approach that you kind of like at this point in time in the futures market? Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be Alabama, right? I definitely agree with the simulations. I mean, Bama is still Bama. I doubted them week one just a little bit. I was questioning whether or not they were going to be able to really sustain the excellence that they've had on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, we talked about, you know, early on, um, and I think on our first show together, and I've been professing all offseason, you know, it's really rare to see these young and experienced quarterbacks really produce at an elite level right away. And you had three of them right there with Ohio State's C.J. Stroud, Clemson's D.J. Uyangale, and Alabama's Bryce Young. And it looks like Bryce Young might just be the guy that really kind of does exceed expectations and is in that outlierish type of group that's producing at an elite level. I mean, he's been absolutely spectacular so far um so i definitely agree that they need to be national title favorites um but at the same time i do think there is a little bit of value on oklahoma um you know they've definitely slid ever since that week one you know where they had that little minor scare against tulane um right now if you're looking at the team or uh, the futures for the national title oklahoma's plus 750 um alabama's plus 180 i think there is some value on oklahoma there with those odds and also too um eric eager um, he made a very good point on the college football or PFF college football preview show, um, talking about the way to really play if you think Oklahoma or Alabama is going to win at all is just bet Bryce Young Heisman odds. And then when you account for Spencer Rattler's public perception, it's not very good right now, despite him having an elite pass degree, just because of the you know that play just a few few uh, few seconds into the season. And that's definitely something that's really appealing to me as well. Yeah, definitely. I really like that. I do, honestly, I know you were kind of on board with Oklahoma basically being, you know, the team to bet, not necessarily the favorite, but the team to bet to win the national championship this year, plus 750 odds, is an 11.8% break-even percentage. We have it in our simulation uh, priced at basically, what, 12.3% to win. So you are just a little little bit short of that plus 750 price, but I do think if you find, you know, some offerings, if you go out to plus 800 in certain spots, uh, that's going to be value at that point in time. So make sure you're kind of, you know, monitoring some of these futures markets. There are a few 
few different books, especially DraftKings, that's going to have them uh, basically updated every single week at this point in time. So they are a good market to at least adjust, you know, not only at the futures, but what you're going to see week to week as well. So let's move into Alabama, Florida. This might be, you know, the best regular season matchup we have coming up here in the 2021 season. I don't know if it's going to live up to that hype, but how are you kind of approaching this uh, from a betting perspective, Anthony? Yeah, I mean, I kind of did learn my lesson week one in Miami, Alabama. Um, I definitely am leaning with Alabama on this one, you know, covering, you know, that lofty spread there um, out to 15 and a half in some places. Um, you look at Florida, definitely their greatest strength right now is that pass rush. I mean, they've been great through two weeks, um, and that was expected to be their greatest strength. Um, but you look at a quarterback with Bryce Young that I alluded to earlier, he's been great. And you look at these young passers, most of the time they're struggling under pressure. Right. They're eating a lot of sacks. They're making bad decisions under pressure. But Bryce Young's not doing that. He's averaging 11 yards under attempt um, under pressure, um, only taking two sacks on 29 pressure dropbacks. And you look at that Florida coverage unit. They're bottom five in the power five in terms of coverage grades so far. And, you know, they really haven't played a lot of good passing offenses um, to really speak for that. So, you know, I definitely think it's going to be an offensive showing for Alabama. And, you know, Florida may have, you know, two quarterbacks there. Very dynamic, very good runners on the grounds. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Dan Mullen does. You know, Emory Jones is going to start the game for him at quarterback, but Anthony Richardson, you know, the the um, exciting player, playing a little undisciplined, though, as Dan Mullen said, you know, missing reads and protection checks. Um, but, you know, he can do some exciting things as well. So it'll be interesting to see what he does and whether or not he gives Anthony Richardson any playing time, especially since he uh, tweaked his hamstring um, on one of those big, long touchdowns last week. But, you know, regardless of what happens, who's under center, I, I think Alabama is going to be in control from this one, in this one from start to finish. Yeah, definitely. 14 and a half points basically is what we have as for the market consensus. I do kind of buy into that, unfortunately. Not really playable from a green line perspective, but I am interested a little bit more on kind of what you touched on with the two quarterback system that Florida's kind of imploring, right? Like, I think when you see teams kind of try to you know, install that system. The quarterbacks are kind of offering some different skill sets. You know, one's maybe a little bit stronger as a runner, but we haven't necessarily seen either Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson uh, really excel from a passing perspective at this point. If one of them is going to take hold in that area, uh, what one do you actually believe is going to have, you know, the better long-term out outlook from a passing perspective for, for this Florida Gator offense? Yeah, that's definitely a tough question. Um, I would probably have to lean Anthony Richardson just because, you know, Emory Jones, He's been a maddening quarterback to watch through two weeks right. because he's executing the offense the way he needs to. He's making the right reads, but he's just been so inaccurate to the point where the wide receiver is, you know, trying to break up the ball because it's going right to the defensive back. You know, that accuracy problem is big, and that's, you know, it's very hard to fix that. Um, you know, not everyone can have that Josh Allen type of turnaround. So get, based off right. what we've seen over the last two weeks, probably have to lean Anthony Richardson, but I'm not going to count out Emory Jones just quite yet. Right, definitely with you on that. So, so yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Greenline doesn't have a really strong play on any sort of setup in this game at this point in time. If you're looking at something, maybe you want to, you know, anticipate maybe Florida covering the first half spread or something like that. We do kind of have close to value on uh, the money line for Florida at, you know, plus 485, those sort of odds. But I don't really think that's probably a justifiable play. I do think there might be some ulterior markets that you can probably find uh, that are just a little bit more mispriced that are probably the correct way to approach 
approach this matchup, or you know, you could just enjoy a great college football regular season matchup that we're going to have here in the SEC. But let's move on a little bit. I do think you know another marquee matchup involving a team in the SEC that not necessarily has surprised some people, but I do think we've seen Bo Nix play uh, better than expected at this point in time. How are you kind of sizing up this Auburn Penn State game uh, coming up here on Saturday as well? Yeah, um, it's it's a definitely one of the more compelling games of the day. I think when you look at these two quarterbacks on paper, Bo Nix of Auburn um, and Sean Clifford of Penn State, you know, their career grades, it's almost a wash. But, you know, these quarterbacks, you know, that doesn't mean that they're the same type of quarterback. They're, they get that way to that mark in very different ways. Sean Clifford is probably the most average college quarterback you could possibly find. But Bo Nix is kind of all over the map. Sometimes you're going to get – these stellar performances, sometimes you're going to get some absolute head scratchers. And that's because he's a very, you know, type of, he's a playmaker type of quarterback. He likes to break the structure of the offense. He likes to do stuff, you know, with his legs outside of the pocket. And sometimes he can find that big play. Sometimes he can't. And that's when you get the volatility there. Um, you know, ultimately, I think this game's going to come down to Bonix not turning the ball over, but also Tank Bigsby, the Auburn running back against Penn State's defense. Um, you know, Tank Bigsby, definitely the best uh, running back in college football. I mean, as an underclassman um, last year and this year, he's true freshman last year, he ranks top five among active FBS backs in rushing grade, missed tackles force, and explosive run rate. Um, you know, this Penn State's defense definitely has been encouraging. And you look back at that week one game against Wisconsin, um, you know, at the end of the day, though, I think that, you know, stout defense that we saw that it will look stout, I think that was more about the, the quarterback who was facing, Graham Mertz, you know, as opposed to the defense as a whole. So I don't I don't think it's, you know, out of the question that Tank Bigsby can have himself a day. And for that reason, you know, I'd be a little bit more comfortable with taking, you know, Auburn and, you know, getting five there. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If a sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager re required, one, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. It is officially the NFL season, and today is the final chance to get 30% off any PFF subscription with promo code KICKOFF30. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL college football betting dashboards, our grade-powered projections, cover probabilities, and betting values, 0 to 100 grades for every single player, player prop tool, which shows plus-minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Again, that's promo code KICKOFF30 for 30% off any PFF subscription ending today. Yep, definitely. So we have we have Penn State as 21st best defense 
in the NCAA, according to our opponent-adjusted grades. Uh, these teams are actually back-to-back -back in our ELO rankings. Penn State's actually one spot better. So if you're judging it based solely on our ELO rankings, uh, you know, Penn State looks like maybe the correct play, but getting five points, not really a huge... Um, you know, key number situation at this point in time. I do think this opened up at six and a half, moved down to five. I do think, you know, from a green line perspective, we do kind of like the Auburn money line at this point in time. You know, road, underdog, from the SEC, we do really like teams from the SEC just with the strength of schedule aspect they have to put forth. So if I was betting it at this point in time, I do lean towards probably Auburn at a plus price, but I can definitely understand the love, um, you know, for Penn State as well, but I don't really think they're probably going to hopefully cover five points. Unfortunately, it's kind of moved off those key numbers, so it's probably not bettable um, from a spread perspective at this point in time. So let's see. One game I'm kind of intrigued by, Arizona State, BYU. BYU was a team that we were really high on uh, in the offseason. We actually had them in our top 25 when we first ran um, you know, our top 25 ELO rankings, uh, and that's kind of been justified a little bit through the first couple of weeks of the season. BYU's look quite good. How are you approaching this game uh, facing off against Jaden Daniels and Arizona State? Yeah, I mean, coming off a Holy War victory over Utah. First time right. in over a decade. Um, and the thing is, is like they've looked good, and I don't even think they've hit their ceiling yet. Um, you know, right. quarterback Jaron Hall, very athletic. He can He's created some big plays with his legs so far. Definitely flat, has flashed the arm talent. Um, you know, at the same time, I think he's kind of – it looks like at times he just – he looks like him and Zach Wilson when they were back at BYU in practice – that they would carve out 30 minutes a day and just like, hey, let's just do some off-platform throws and try and make some cool shots, you know? Because there's so many times of him being a little undisciplined with his footwork, making throws a little bit more difficult than he needs to be. And when he's off-platform, the accuracy suffers massively. Um, but I think if he can kind of clean that up, I think he can really take that next step forward. Um, but right now where he's at, I still think they're in really good hands. Um, you know, Tyler Algier, the running back for BYU, you know, he hasn't really been performing up to snuff compared to his 2020 season. Part of that can be due to the offensive line. Um, but I do think that there's opportunity still for growth. Um, you know, maybe he's not going to touch what he did last year, but I still think he can take a be a little bit better than he is right now. Um, and then I think the biggest concern, too, for, you know, Arizona State, the team they're facing, um, is their quarterback situation. You know, Jaden Daniels definitely can be an exciting player. You know, he can create um, some plays when the play break or when the play breaks down. A lot of quarterbacks would be a negative. He can create a positive. You know, he's a great uh, scrambling quarterback. Um, but at the end of the day, he can't. He's never really proven to effectively lead a downfield passing offense. I mean, against Southern Utah and UNLV this year, he has zero big time throws. Um, and I think that is a little bit of a concern if there's an op, you know a chance where you know Arizona State comes down to the wire and they need Jane Daniels to win with his arm. I, I don't think he really can. Right. Yeah. And I actually agree with you on that assessment. And it's kind of interesting because I do think Arizona State is a team that we have maybe been the most off market on heading into the 2021 season. Obviously, they have, you know, the, the coach continuity, a lot of really smart guys in the room, that sort of situation. But Jaden Daniels is a guy that we didn't necessarily grade overly well at this point in time. So we have kind of been... Uh, opposite or fading Arizona State and that only comes through again in this matchup uh, opening spread right around two and a half for Arizona State they've basically been getting all the love um, on the cash and ticket percentages really heavy cash percentage on Arizona State pushing that up to four uh, so they are pretty heavy road favorites don't necessarily love BYU on the spread but once again there is just a little bit um, there's a little bit of value or opportunity on BYU money line at this point in time so if that if you're feeling you know a little bit like you want to back some dogs on Saturday uh, we got some options for you coming up here on the PFF betting podcast but let's move on we got a couple more games but I know I know Anthony I know you got some locks of the week coming for us very soon but first let's talk 
one more kind of marquee match, but now we got a few to choose from. Let's talk about Purdue, Notre Dame. How are you kind of sizing this matchup up? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Entering the year, I actually wrote an article, you know, highlighting some of the biggest trap teams in college football. Um, you know, some teams that, you know, they can kind of be tricked in. You know, teams think it's, a, oh, this is a lesser team. We're going to win easily. Next thing you know, it's a close game. Maybe they pull out a victory. Purdue was one of those teams. I was very high on Purdue. I thought they were underrated heading into the year. Um, now, I think they're a little bit overrated. You know, just, you know, get Notre Dame being only favored by seven points here. Um, Purdue... Definitely like what they have on offense there with Jack Plummer at quarterback executes this play action heavy offense too as good as he can. Um, you know, with David Bell there too. And David Bell this year, he's not really winning against tight coverage, you know, bodying defensive right. backs downfield. He's winning with scheme touches after the catch. I and mean, he leads college football and broken tackles after the catch with eight. Um, you know, that play action rate that I mentioned just a second ago, that's around fifty percent. Jack Plummer when they're running play action with him on the field over the last two years, which has only been five games, they've had the most efficient passing offense in college football. That takes a pretty steep drop back when you take out those play action plays. Um, and you, but also, too, you have to take into account the defenses he's faced, right? The best defense he's probably faced was last year. Maybe it was Nebraska or Rutgers. Um, this year it's been Oregon State and UConn. A lot of open throws. You know, UConn was just biting left and right every time they ran a play action pass. Notre Dame is not really going to do it. I know they've been struggling a little bit under Marcus Freeman um, compared to their years with Clark Lee. Um, I just can't see them, you know, creating those throwing lanes, you know, and just handing them, gifting them to Jack Plummer like UConn and Oregon State did. Um, you know, I'm definitely leaning towards Notre Dame um, minus seven on this one. Yeah, definitely. With Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is, is the line has kind of done some really weird things um, coming up basically on the week. I think to open, it was opened basically at minus seven for Notre Dame, went all the way up to minus eight for a very brief time. And for some reason, they corrected all the way back down to minus seven. So if you have a seven and a half, I do think Purdue is probably the justifiable side. But anything below uh, seven and below, I do think that it's either a no play or definitely leaning Notre Dame at this point in time. I got to ask you, though, how do you feel, you know, 58 point total? Do you expect the defense is kind of dominating this match, but you think we're going to see at least a little bit of scoring enough to get over that 58-point total? Yeah, I definitely think that there would be... It's going to be tough. I might stay away from the total, but if I had to pick a side, I'd probably lean over there. Um, Purdue's defensive numbers have been great, but again, you got to look at who they've played. Um, You know, on paper, this was one of the worst defenses in the Power Five heading into the 2021 season. Um, But, you know, they've been grading out exceptionally well, so I do think that there's a correction coming and I think this game could be that so that's why I would probably lean over on this one let's go let's go I don't I don't know yeah I don't really know if I necessarily want to bet a total at this point in time I do agree with you Notre Dame if you're getting minus seven minus seven if not I probably lean towards Purdue but that's not why you're listening at this point in time we got some locks of the week coming up and I know Anthony is going to be pulling out um, a decent amount at this point in time coming up for you on the week three edition of the PFF betting podcast so Anthony give me your top bets that you have locked in um, already for this college football Saturday slate. Oh, Ben, man, I'm so excited about these. I was so confident. I looked at these and I was like, man, I'm going 5-0. I have five games right here. I am so confident. We'll see if I'm right next week. I'm confident that I will be, but who knows? But anyway, first off, San Jose State going over across the pond to Hawaii. Um, They're only favored by six and a half points. I think, you know, they're kind of overrating that USC blowout loss who then got beat by Stanford. I like San Jose State there. Um, Florida State at Wake Forest, Wake Forest. I like um, getting our favored by four and a half. I think they cover that spread. Um, And then after that, we have Ole Miss favored by 14 against Tulane later that night. 
Um, Charlotte, this was another green line one. This is uh, Eric Eager, Charlotte 49ers on the road, Georgia State getting four points. I like that one as well. I think the money line is also in play there. And last but not least, Coastal Carolina going on the road, facing Buffalo, favored by 14 points. I think they cover that comfortably. I mean, this is, I really do think this is one of the best offenses in college football, not just the group of five. And I don't think Buffalo has the horses to really keep up. But definitely, I love it. I mean, so you took some, you took some pretty wide spreads on the favorite at this point in time. We got San Jose State going to Hawaii, Florida State, Ole Miss, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina. Anthony's five locks of the week. I can get on board with some of those. I actually have bet Charlotte already. I got a worse number uh, than what can be offered now. I think I bet it at plus four. It's all the way up to plus five now. So I do think the market is a little bit against me in that particular 49er spot. Um, but a couple of other ones that I bet early in the week, and I want to get your thoughts on San Diego State, eight and a half points. Uh, that's one that I kind of like to Memphis plus three and a half. Do you have any initial reactions to either of those two sides at this point in time, Trush? Yeah, San Diego, State, uh, San Diego State's definitely interesting. Austin Gale would be, love to hear that. Well, that's why I had to take and, uh, it, right? I mean, it was the it was the run good at that point. I think every time he tells me the back, the Aztecs, it's come through. So I feel like if he's feeling good about it, I feel good about it, right? 100%. We were actually talking about that earlier this week, and he was all about it. Uh, Memphis is definitely interesting. I, you know, it's been tough to get a read with him because, you know, Grant Canal was supposed to be the quarterback. He's been battling injuries, so he's not been in there. Um, you know, Mississippi State coming off what I think is a pretty large win against NC State. Um, yeah, I think I'm staying away from this one, but I've had a lean. I'd probably lean on the side that you're on. Good. There we go. There we go. That is it. We have locked it in. There are, you know, a number of really good games. Not as many, you know, great betting opportunities on those marquee matchups, but there are some under-the-radar flyers that you can definitely profit off of, so make sure you check out PFF Greenline. we got all your NCA picks. we got some power ratings tools that are going to help also help you guide guide you in the futures market as well so uh keep up on all those pff articles coming from anthony tresh is going to get you locked basically on all the matchups that you should be watching as well so make sure you get that pff elite subscription read all the great content that we have coming up for you from ben brown joined by anthony tresh appreciate you guys listening to the pff betting podcast we